Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, I'm Paco Romain. And I'm George Chen. And you're listening to SubDoc, a show where we talk to our interesting friends from the world of comedy, writing, TV, and film about their favorite documentaries. On today's episode, we celebrate the birthday of revered director Werner Herzog by discussing his 1999 documentary, My Best Fiend. Herzog made five films with the magnetic and volatile Klaus Kinski, some of the greatest work both men ever did. My Best Fiend explores how their personalities and egos drove them as artists. And we bring on our guest, Bucky Sinister, who counts this as one of his favorite films of all time. Bucky Sinister is a poet, comedian, and novelist who has appeared in the Bobcat Goldthwait movie Willow Creek and Hidden America with Jonah Ray, in addition to releasing comedy and poetry albums. He's at the business at Little Joy every Monday in Los Angeles after a lengthy run in San Francisco. And now, our talk with Bucky Sinister. It's a pleasure on an early Tuesday morning to have Bucky Sinister Hello. here in the house. Thanks for coming up. Uh, I, haven't, I, I guess I don't know what you're doing. I know you were just working as a PA. You were talking about that on stage. Oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. got, yeah, that was, that was, that was a small temporary gig mm-hmm. that I had that I, that I exaggerate for comedic purposes. <laughs> uh, it was good. I, I did work on uh, Moshe Kasher's show. Yeah. Uh, problematic. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. And it's really cool. And uh, yeah, Mo- Moshe threw that at me. That uh-huh. was pretty cool. Uh, thank you, Moshe. Yeah, uh, Mo- yeah. Moshe's given me a lot of stage time and gigs. It's funny. We, we haven't really like hung out that much, but he's mm-hmm. always like he's one of those guys that like like we're not we're not hanging out, but he's like, hey, come here and do this gig. Like I I happen to be in Portland at as uh, at the same time as him one time, and he's doing this really big show at this theater. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like when he was just first starting to sell places out, mm. and uh, he's like, hey, come do twenty minutes in front of me. I'm like, thank you. Like it's like, he's always been this kind of like like this kind of gig elf that just kind of like you know just comes and gives me so th- thank you again Moshe oh, oh him he was one of the first when I started comedy he was like one of the first three people I asked like what do you do to start and, yeah uh, it's one of the few times in my life I asked the right people yeah <laughs> for, for advice on anything right uh, I, yeah. him uh Al Madrigal and uh W. Kamau Bell yeah, <laughs> yeah. well just to even get into like uh, what I was saying, like you occupy a lot of different spaces. Like you've written a novel. Yeah, you've written uh, kind of like memoir stuff about recovery stuff. Or? I I wrote four books of poems, uh, two self help books, and mm-hmm. a novel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. doing stand up. Yeah, so. yeah, and, yeah, and like yeah, and, and you're getting ripped. The you're whole, in the gym every day. I yeah 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 totally. I'm a competitive athlete. Yeah uh, yeah. I, I I compete in Russian kettlebell sport. Uh, so you're lazy is, is what you're. Yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah totally and. Uh, it's what we're getting. Yeah, yeah, to. yeah. I compete several times a year. I've been competing twice a year uh, lately. I'm probably going to step that up. I want to get start doing it three times a year if I can. Uh, but yeah, it's. Um, I don't know. It's just my mind like spins a lot. I, I, I have a problem with that, and it's kind of like like that's what that's what uh, quells it. 
Yeah. That's what, that's yeah. what brings it. How are you what, on that's meth what, then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> what, well, that's, that's what quiets it. I mean, it's just like all my drug use it was pretty much me trying to uh, find an equilibrium yeah. and mm-hmm. just trying to like find an answer f- for like a l- mostly my mental and emotional states. Like, how do I, how do I regulate this stuff? Like, you know, and drugs and alcohol to me were just buttons I could push. Like if I feel this way, I'll take this one. If I feel that way, I'll take this one. Mm-hmm. And it was me, all me self-medicating and trying to like, you know, just like, it's like say, okay, this isn't right. There's something wrong with me. So I'll just take this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. you know, like <laughs> that's what that was. Um, no push too many more things, but I, I like also, uh, I was in, uh, I, like right before, like I got like like these three film and TV gigs from San Francisco. Right, you did Jonah Ray's show. Yeah, I did yeah, Jonah yeah. Ray's show, uh, Hidden America, and uh, I was in. I just recently was in uh, Paint It Black, uh, Amber Tamlin's new film, and uh, and then I was also in Bobcat's Willow Creek. Oh wow, uh, awesome. film. And and I was like, man, if I'm getting all this from the pay, maybe I should move down there and, and see what happens. <laughs> You know, yeah, and yeah. that was another impetus too. It's like because I kind of want to do a little bit more and just kind of get more around that. Yeah. And, and and of course, like you know, yeah, it's it won't happen just by coming here, but like it'll make it more a uh, more available now. If people want it. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, and to talk about you know, like artistic struggles and having a dream and and all the stuff you have to do to get there. We have perhaps one of the best documentaries. Oh yes, the documentary. <laughs> like yes. the reason well, we're here. The reason we're here. Sorry, I, I just like talk. No, no. I mean, we started. Sort of we started. Fun. On this is how yeah, we yeah, do yeah, it yeah, on yeah, Subdoc. Yeah, yeah. We like. Okay. We like to right. tie it in. Like yeah, if yeah. you have a okay. personal connection. Yeah. So yeah, you brought well, to us is... my best fiend. Yeah. Yeah. Werner Herzog, which has a German yeah. name, but I'm. Uh, mein Liebe. Oh yeah. Friendy. Freund. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. But so you brought us this documentary, which like we've oddly enough only done one Werner Herzog doc on Subdoc, which is oh, yeah. lo and behold. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was nice. You guys just had that. I was like, oh, that's that's a nice coincidence. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Th- this one, one of the reasons, one of the things about uh, my best fiend, for one, is like uh, I watch this once a year, mm-hmm. and this one, this film makes me want to create. Yeah. It gets me excited about making art, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I can see like that. this, this is the film that made me a Herzog fan. All right. Like, this is really the film. Like, this one comes out in 99, right? Yeah, and 99. it's like this kind of mid-career, like, like Herzog, right? Okay, he kind of starts, he's doing a lot of this weird, these weird films. Like, Even Dwarf started small, uh, which all made with little people. Right. And, and it's really kind of weird and slow. Uh, uh, but it's full of these odd images. And then there's movies like Hearts of Glass, where he, like, hypnotizes everybody in the film, except for the lead. Um and then, uh, well, like in reality, he hypnotized all his actors and stuff. Like mm-hmm. that. He did all these things like that. That was his early things. And then he uh, he kind of makes his first masterpiece with Aguirre, The Wrath of God, mm-hmm. right? And that's like early seventies, seventy two. Like yeah. yeah. So he uh, that that kind of like that kind of like is his thing, his career revolves on. from there, like from Aguirre to Fitzcarraldo. Right, which mm-hmm. is like early '80s, like 80, comes out in '82. 82, although yeah. he's making it in the '70s, mm-hmm. uh, like that's like his, like that's kind of more of the, the art house phase, or whatever. And like that, those are arguably his two biggest contributions to film. It's like Aguirre and Fitzcarraldo, and that's you know the, these other films are good, but those are his big masterpieces. He's kind of quiet for a while, and like he makes other films, but no one, nothing else has that impact. And My Best Fiend shows up. And it's the first film where we really see 
Herzog as a character. Right. right, and mm-hmm. now he does it a lot. Yes. Now it's a standard thing now because people thing. Yeah. want him right. to be in the. Di- they want to see him. People like love this idea. And before we had no idea who he was, what he looked like, or whatever. And you know, I I loved I you know I saw Fitzcarraldo, but I lo- Aguirre was my favorite, and I was just like this is just like to me Aguirre reminded me of of like these weird religious guys I'd grown up with uh-huh. who were just really kind of almost maniacs and that I would have followed up that river oh. that I would have gone to find El Dorado with yeah. that I, even as a child I, I idolized these men and you know I, I was like I, I know this guy I know Aguirre and, and like uh, there's this thing and then uh, but I never gave a thought of who is Herzog and who really is Kinski and mm-hmm. then this film it's <laughs> like, not yes. just about Kinski no, it's also about Herzog. Yes. You see who Herzog is, and you also mm-hmm. see that they're a tandem. Yeah, that they're like this thing that like one kind of happens with the other, and it kind of starts that phase, this kind of self-aware phase of Herzog's career uh, that that continues to this day, and that he kind of is is part of his brand now. Yeah, like he won't make a document like like even in like Grizzly Man, yeah. like he shows up in there quite a bit. Uh, Grizzly Man is probably his most um, accessible yeah. thing, and uh, I usually America. tell people when yeah. see a film of his, like start with My Best Fiend or or Grizzly Man. Here's why, and those are the two things. So I was kind of even debating on this thing: do I say I want to start with Grizzly Man? But this one definitely is close to my heart. Mm-hmm. This this film, um, and you watch it every year. You yeah, say. yeah, 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 totally. And uh, then there's the, the kind of the later Herzog where he like just becomes after Grizzly Man, he tries to make a. You know, like uh, around there, he's like trying to make more accessible things. Right. Uh, he does. He does Rescue Dawn, which is a, a really good movie, but it was still not uh, like resonating with a lot of people. But then uh, he does. He does uh, Nicholas Cage movie. Yeah. 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 Nicholas and Cage. and, uh, and uh, he does My Son, My Son, What Have You Done, which is a beautiful film. I love that one as well. And uh, Michael Shannon and Willem Dafoe. Okay. You know, uh, where I argue he has two Kinskis in that film <laughs> uh, instead of just one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and also yeah. Defoe plays Nosferatu. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is Michael well, Shannon? Uh, oh, like I, that? Well, 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 Nosferatu is played by Kinski. I know. I'm saying, yeah. like, in, uh, in Shadow there's of the a movie. Yeah, right, right. Like, yeah, yeah. they both played the oh, yeah, yeah, character. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah. Uh, so, this one is, like, kind of like, that's kind of like, if you watch My Best Fiend, you can see where a lot of this other stuff originates. And that, that's what I really like about it. And you also can see that, like, like oh Kinski was full of madness and if you don't know anyone doesn't know I'm just gonna talk yeah, to yeah. like yeah, Kinski was like he just if you imagine like if like Andy Kaufman was like crossed with Zod from the Superman films you know just like this yeah. like this thing he's like from another planet yeah and he's still like he seems to hate everyone but why is he performing for them. You know what I mean? He kind of, Kinski comes out of the war. He's like POW. And, uh, you know, he, he goes back to Germany. And uh, it's just ruined. It's blown to bits. There's rubble everywhere. There's no, all the factories have been literally bombed mm-hmm. to smithereens. Uh, there's nothing to do. Uh, they're occupied, though. Uh, Germany's occupied. And there's a lot of soldiers in there looking for stuff to do. Uh, so this German theater and performance scene picks up. This cabaret mm. scene, uh, you know, 
uh, picks up where you can get work as an actor or a singer. You can't, you know, the uh, the, uh, the the machine factory is, is been blown up right. because they were making, you know, they're making, yeah, yeah, like yeah. they're making, they're making like you know, like jet planes or whatever that you know they were, where <laughs> they got, all that stuff got bombed. But you know, so Kinski like is is really good. He's got a great theatrical mind. He starts memorizing. Like in doing like one man shows of like Shakespeare and stuff like that, and just quoting like entire monologues, and and he's apparently amazing at it uh, when he works alone, uh, right? <laughs> and uh, but there's enough work for that, but he becomes quite famous at that. And then uh, even at the beginning of My Best Fiend, you see him when he did a the whole Jesus play thing. as Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had a whole Jesus thing, and that's. As far as I know, all we have of it is that scene. Oh, wow. Maybe someone else has a full thing of it somewhere else. But by that point, uh, Kinski, they want to kind of see Kinski melt down, right? He's in this kind of thing where, you know, where, you know, people kind of wanted to see G.G. Allen kill himself on stage. Right. Or right? Charlie Sheen or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Char- Charlie <laughs> Sheen's a good example. Yeah. Uh, like maybe a little bit of Doug Stanhope where they just kind of want him to be a bit of yeah. a mess. Yeah. And it's like, let's hope Kinski like, gets really angry at everyone and has a meltdown, right? And it's like, so that's what people are going for. And, you know, and, and it's in, that's that's how the film opens. Right. Like, My Best Fiend opens with that. Um, and there's also a little bit in the beginning about how Kinski and Herzog meet. Yeah. Uh, and which is uh, the, the, the main thing he writes about it in, if you read conquest of the useless, uh, I think that's the name. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. I only mix some of these books up. Well, there's, there's a book of interviews uh, that were just used to be called Herzog and Herzog. And I mm. think they renamed it and added some more in there. I think it's conquest of the useless. Uh, although I, I'm, I hope I'm not getting that mixed up with his Fitzcarraldo journals. This is the thing. They're, they're, this is as deep as a hole you want to go. You, want, like, you can get to the Star Trek level fan because Herzog's uh, released memoirs. There's, oh, Kinski has a memoir uh, that's all, amazing. All I Need right. Is Love. They, yeah. They reference that. All there. lies. All of it. Okay. It's, but it's hilarious lies. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like just, Norm MacDonald's last memoir. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah like, very much like that. Yeah. But like just more like nihilistic. Wow. Because like, you know, he has this... So, uh, this description of, of the cockroaches in, in the house where he grew up is like the, the cockroaches were the size of baby turtles. Right. And it's like, I love that image. They were not that big. Yeah. I know they weren't. I know how big a baby, baby turtle Baby turtle's about that big, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, I've seen roaches that big yeah, in yeah. his apartment. <laughs> what? Yeah. I've, had, I've had water oh, bugs. LA roaches. But I don't man, know. It's, the imagery's great. And it's yeah. like, you know, like like you know like uh, you know Kinski says that like all the you know he had a had an okay time as a POW because he was so beautiful that all the guards wanted to have sex with uh, him you know and that's that's like his view of the world it's where, like everything was great for me because right. I'm gorgeous and and you know just how well he is it's, uh, you know just had all these different parts of life whatever is um, is um, he a POW in Russia like he was a oh German yeah where was he soldier? captured that's a good question was he he was a German soldier. And he was a POW in Russia, or where? Do you know? Oh, uh, he, he was uh, captured in British in Britain. Oh, he British. was a POW yeah. in Britain. Yeah, yeah. And all those chaps are like, "Oh, y'all striking, <laughs> Mister Kinski." That's so. That's so fucking nuts, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. It's like I got it. Oh, hold on. Yeah, um, like the that opening scene is Herzog going through the old house. 
I was confused yeah. about that because like, he made it sound like it was a house that he grew up in right. in Munich. Yeah. That all I guess later in life became like a boarding house, or yeah, I was okay. confused yeah. by right. that part. Well, okay. Well, like uh, you know, at, when, when the when the war is happening, uh, you know, Herzog is a boy. Uh, he's got like a like a uh, infant brother. Okay. And and his, they they uh, the bomb goes off in town, and this uh, window breaks, and and. Herzog's brother's crib is like filled with glass mm. and his mom uh, like rightfully so freaks out takes him off to live out in the country on the, like the border of Switzerland mm-hmm. like in just this little like kind of log cabin uh, where one of her you know relatives lives so he lives there uh, kind of secluded from the uh, the world and the war so after the war is over uh, his mom comes back uh, to, to Germany and so the three of them have to live in one room in that boarding house oh, okay. and she's has a job as like a seamstress or something like that. She's okay. trying to trying to figure it out, but they're that poor of like, we all have to live in this one room in okay. someone else's building. Uh, and Kinski is living there. Uh, so Herzog's probably like, like about probably 13, 14, 15 uh-huh. and, and Kinski's living in the attic. Uh, and he's already what, been a he's been a movie star at that point. No, not at that point. He, he's like been in movies and stuff, yeah. but and, and he's he's making somewhat of a living mm-hmm. as an actor. But he's also like his whatever his mental illness was had progressed in his thing. He was like uh, Herzog said he was sleeping in a bed of leaves. He just had a pile right, of leaves right. up there in the attic, and he would sleep in that. And uh, that's w- where they meet. Uh, <laughs> and you know, for several months they lived there together. And there's even a scene in the movie where they, they talk about uh, one of Kinski's tantrums. They sees his tantrum. Right, yeah. It's like he has yeah. his tantrum for two days in the bathroom and smashes everything in the bathroom so thoroughly you could sift it with a tennis racket. Right. And, and, and uh, that's um, that that's one of the things about, like, just he just was kind of, uh, you know, just amazed at the force the man had. And it, it kind of talks about seeing him in movies and stuff as well. But, right. like, Kinski is always... Been uh, well. Well, Herzog's always been fascinated with chaos. Yeah, and uh, there's a there's a, a great thing in Grizzly Man where he says, uh, you know, this you know where Timothy Treadwell's talking about the harmony in nature. And he goes mm-hmm. and he just starts talking over him. He goes, "This is where Timothy and I disagree. Or Timothy, <laughs> think man lives in harmony with uh, with nature. I think." That you know, nature is trying to kill us, mm-hmm. and he's like, like civilization is but a very thin sheet of ice over a black boiling cauldron <laughs> of chaos, and, and it's something like that. Yeah. And, and I, I don't know, it's just like this thing of like, you know, that's Herzog loves these forces of nature, he yeah. loves like these rivers that just seem to kill everyone. Right. And there's like many movies and Rescue Dawn and My Son, My Son, and like all these things, like the rivers, like this big right. character that mm-hmm. just like, oh, nature will just try to eliminate all of humanity. Mm-hmm. That's all it's there for, it's just to get rid of us. We're a mistake, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it wants to get rid of us, so we'll, we'll stop messing with it. And uh, you know, and he sees Kinski as this equal and opposite force right? okay of like yeah, this, I can see this that. chaos of humanity versus the chaos of nature yeah and you're just gonna like can i just smash them together and it's why it's just <laughs> so it's just so brilliant it's mm-hmm. like and you see how mad agire is but how mad is the the amazon yeah. right the amazon river like who's going to win Fitzcarraldo, he's got like kinski has got to get this boat yeah. from one river to another like and it's just this thing he keeps going back to so kinski has this force and and since kinski is gone 
like Herzog has tried to find his his new Kinski. Yeah. Mm. Nicholas Cage he's, is not it. Yeah, he's looked for Nicholas Cage, Michael Shannon, Willem Dafoe, Those are close. Treadwell. You know, yeah. yeah, and they're all amazing actors, but he's like never really found his new Kinski. No, right, and so it's like that's what the kind of the fun is of watching some of these even christian bale like you know you can see any of these oh yeah the christian bale's like like you his tantrums yeah yeah you can reimagine any of these roles with with kinski as the lead any of these and it's like oh you just you can see Better. it fit in these movies yeah. so well like you know uh so <laughs> uh uh that's that to me is it's like when you, when you see this thing it just kind of like right it almost helps you watch these other movies. Well, there's certain director-actor combos that we always think of, right? There's yeah. like, like De Niro, Scorsese, yeah. you think of. Yeah. I mean, I and they, they sometimes match in its own way. Like, it's weird that, like, now it's uh, Scorsese and DiCaprio. Like, that's right. become the, the dyad. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, like, you think of, like, even how it's appropriate, like, someone like Steven Soderbergh and George Clooney always work together. It's like they're both kind of like slick and and urbane in a certain way. So I yeah. guess that matches. And this is just like a guy who is completely deadpan versus like the most histrionic person mm-hmm. ever. <laughs> yeah. And like they're so intertwined. Yeah. I I get. Do you feel like you've had relationships? Because you're very much like everything you do is like a solo artist in a lot of ways. Uh-huh. Do you have like anyone in your life where you're like tied together in that certain way creatively? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, okay. For one, like, like I said, when I when I came up in, as a fundamentalist, I mean, we we're really extreme. And I did like street evangelism and that like kind of Baptist? thing. Like Baptist. It's yeah, I'm not naming which thing it was, but it's yeah. It, it I, I want to derail like your whole podcast, talk, but it, like I, my We've family joined it. a cult. We joined a cult when I was your in family. high school. Yeah. Your family did. We okay. just went and did this whole thing, and that's like, I don't want to like. It can easily derail a conversation if I say that to people. Well, that but we sort of relates like, to this in a way. Yeah, we grew it's up like, to like 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 yeah. fundamentalists, like evangelists, like the Baptists. They were too liberal for us. Uh-huh. Like they were going to hell because they used piano in church, like that kind of thing. Yeah, and uh, like we were just like really. Shaking, but that wasn't enough for us. We went a level deeper and we got involved with this other group. And then at that point, for like the, about the next three years, I was out like street evangelizing and hanging out with all these people and like. The, the, the guy running that whole show was one of my Kinskis, where it was just like he, I like he's my Geary. Like I would have, yeah. I did a lot of things because he said so, and I would have done more. And you know, I was just a kid. You know, I, I met him. I met him when I was twelve. We joined up with him when I was like fourteen, and I was just like, "This is it!" And I was super into it. And I, mm-hmm. did he have those eyes? Did he have those like the same like? Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy he's, eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's like I still don't want to say his name because I like. I don't know who's like, I'm just always afraid of somebody out there who's still like into this guy. Um, and uh, so I, I did that for a couple of years and it was just like, but you know, I met a lot of people at that time. Like, cause we're out there. Like I was out recruiting, like, all the cults drop their guys off at the same spot. <laughs> That's the thing. It's just this that's hard funny. thing. It's like, you know, so I would be... It's my corner. You work yeah. that corner. Well, that's... We, we would get real <laughs> upset about that because, you know, it's like too many guys at a bar hitting on the one woman who walks right. in. Yeah. And then she's like going, fuck this, she's out, she leaves. Yeah. You know, and, and so, you know, I'm out there like... This is like the mid '80s, so it's like Arkansas. No, no, this is Boston. Boston, okay. So we're in these like kind of like a Boston Common, the Combat Zone, the malls, like whatever. 
and uh, Harvard Square, like all these places just kind of around the tea stops, kind of getting people as they come off the tea. And uh, it's us. It's the uh, it's like the Moonies, the Scientologists, yeah. uh, like the Jehovah's Witnesses, mm -hmm. uh, uh, this group called the Way International. Uh, and, uh, oh, and you know, the Nation of Islam was down there, too, oh, wow. like, with their bean pies and the final calls. Yeah. Uh, there was, and then there was, like, they would even have, like, there was these other kind of weird, like, the, the Jews Moors. Jews Jesus. Well, like, the Moors, like, the Nuwabian Moors, who would, like, this, like, kind of black people from outer space groups. Oh. Uh, like, it gets real deep. Like, those are the ones, those are the big ones. And then there's always these new ones that just started, oh, the Christians were big then. Oh, you yeah. know, and so they'd all, we'd all be down there at the same time. Like, in, you kind of, like, learn to pick up on someone's body language and, and like go after him yeah and be like that guy's vulnerable boom let's go get him and it's like whoever sees him first it's like back off <laughs> um but i met all these other people from all these other groups and and like i would see that there were all these kind of like this was a thing and we're all looking at each other going oh that guy's nuts and uh yeah, your guy your yeah, guy's yeah, nuts yeah, my yeah, guy's good yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. totally totally yeah. but uh so i kind of came up with that and then you know, I, I looked at that and, you know, I kind of found the punk scene, which was kind of cool, but it got, it was still like, by the time I got to the Bay Area, it was a little bit predictable already. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? And it was like, uh, like you know, everyone in the punk scene mm -hmm. had gone to Berkeley High together and, and like they'd known each other since they were 12. I was a new guy, whatever, but I found a poetry scene. And that's, that's where like I had these guys. And, and like there was, in the poetry scene back then, I would go to all these readings. Like the poetry scene in in late eighties, like eighty nine uh -huh. around there, was like different, and it was like more. Well, the beats were like a generation before, so you guys were like, oh yeah, they you're were like gone. the you're like the new nine oh two and oh. There was still guys. a bunch of guys hanging out in North Beach thinking uh -huh, they yeah. could be beats. Yeah, yeah that right. were just like didn't didn't understand they missed it, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. it just like was not coming back. Mm -hmm. There was a bunch of guys in hate who were like all the the Rainbow Gathering, poets, and you were the mission, yeah. right? Guys? But like the Diamond yeah. Dave was yeah. like friends with oh, all them, right? Yeah, but like Dave. like like his stuff, right? Yeah. But like Diamond Dave walked between all groups, like he was a man about Diamond Dave. Diamond Dave was like cool with everyone yeah uh, and uh then there was like just these different cliques and factions all over san francisco but when you yeah. went and you read a poem like you got heckled like people would like heckle your poems it was kind of brutal it was just like oh, wow. you know kind of rough and at every reading i went to there'd be like like one guy just immediately when he said his name people would just like boo people would yell at him like i you know uh and just like i saw like i saw tom stolmar get choked out at, at, at the Cafe Babar at 22nd and Guerrero one night. And I was like, what is this place? You know, people like shooting up in the bathrooms before they went on stage. And it was just like, Whoa. it was just like this whole different More scene, punk right? than punk, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because these people were mentally ill. They had nothing else to do. They were not cool. Like, they right. did not look good. You know, the, the punks kind of were attractive. They kind of looked nice, you know. They were like hot people, yeah. Like you know, skinny jeans and yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, not, <laughs> not them, but but but, yeah, but yeah. you know, yeah, they, that kind of idea. So, uh, you know, all these reasons, I, I I had a chance to start a reading, and I was like, what if I, what if I started a reading with just these people who aren't welcome? What if I made the worst poetry reading in the world? And so I went to all those readings and invited all those people. That, I, that were just like, people would just boo immediately. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, I'm going oh, wow. to book you as a feature in this new place. We're not going to tell any other people about it. It's just going to be like, they're like, all, they were all in. That sounds and, like mutiny. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm going to have the worst poetry reading in the world. Uh -huh. This is going to be amazing. Yeah. Because like, <laughs> wow. I kind of wanted to see what would happen. Yeah. Right. But sort of like make a compilation of like all the weird outsider records. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
and you know, I had I had three guys who were who were like who were homeless, not mm-hmm. just like well, I'm crashing on a friend's couch. They were homeless that they'd come, uh, and and they just uh, there was just, some of them were just so bananas that like you could not approach it. Like no matter how weird you're trying to be, it's like oh no, that's where he lives. That's where his brain is. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, once I kind of established like this is really your safe spot like more and more of them started coming like just wow like it was like a magnet and it was like a drain hole of what was like, the venue again there was the chameleon which is now oh yeah the which is now chill a lot or it was right, right, right amnesia right, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 and you know when, when karen bought that people were like what are you doing why are you buying the chatterbox no right. one's gonna go down to valencia street to drink Wow. That was the idea because she owned the night break. She owned the night break up in the upper oh, hay, yeah, yeah, and yeah. that was the spot. You know, like L Seven was playing there and everything. Like it yeah. was like super cool, and uh, you know, and then it was just like, what are you? Why are you buying this yeah. horrible bar in the Mission? You know that that'll never work. Yeah. And, uh, no one's ever gonna go to Valencia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And because the Chatterbox was this kind of like New York junkie, like this kind of like Johnny Thunders. Like a fucking junkie bar. Yeah, they right? made like a book about it. Yeah, There's yeah, like a yeah. photo book yeah, yeah. about, it was about like that bar. For all like everybody in there was a junkie from New York. Like that was just it was just crazy. And that was what is now the amnesia. Yeah. So like Karen bought it, turned it into the chameleon, and it's like you know no one will come. And like you know why don't you have a poetry out here? I'm like sure. So I get all these people, and pretty soon it's just full, and it's just like just full of like those marginal personalities, really talented, really good writers had like very few social skills, could yes. not get along, hate each other, just see them on stage. It was an instant conflict and people just wanted to go watch these yeah. people go. And it's like this <laughs> thing, it's like those were my Kinskis. Yeah. I had a lot of them there. And just these, like, you know, not, not that talented, but yeah. just these like kind of brutal things, like just, you know, just these, these head cases. And, you know, I'm going to give you a microphone. You can say whatever you want. Yeah. And especially pre-internet era, that was a very powerful thing to do for people. And this other thing happened too, where uh, a lot of women started coming to the things, not to read, but just to yell at the men. And, and, <laughs> and you know, because it was, that happened thing. at the chameleon a lot, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Totally. Where it's like, you know, we had women that would show up just to heckle, just to heckle the poets. Oh, that's awesome. Not, not to participate. Just take up, but then I realized, like, oh, that is the participation. That is this thing because this is the first time they've had a venue to tell men to shut up, right? It's like <laughs> right. this weird, like this wow. guerrilla feminism of like, like they didn't want. They would get upset when like the really like horribly misogynist poet didn't show up because they were ready for him. Right. They would come loaded to mm-hmm. yell shit at him, and and it was just like, you know, just like, there was one guy we got, uh, called Devil James. You know, Captain Cowboy Double James. Everyone sounds like yeah, a justified character. Yeah, 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 totally. (laughs) And and he like, and he leaned into it. He leaned into it so hard of just like I'm this horrible misogynist, and women love to just go there and just say the most horrible shit to him in public. And it was just like this freeing thing. And and, uh, you know, so it was just all these things. So I started with the 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 crowd, and then the audience turned into that too, where it's just like we want to go and and just to tell people to stick it up their ass. Like we're tired of like these self-important like San Francisco artists. Like we're gonna go there and just yell at them. So the place was a, a fucking zoo, and uh, I loved it. I I yeah. thought it was the best thing I. You're the done. ringleader. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was I was I was the MC. Like I, I said, like. 
I did all the sound. Curator. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you curated and, weirdos. Yeah, and we had fights we there. We had show. fights break out because yeah. I just had, I was just inviting the worst people, and, and and they would read poems about each other after a while. Uh. And, and, and that's when things would get real bad, and we'd have, like, straight fights oh, there, man. like like fist fights. And, yeah. and I had to starting break a, break those a literary fight club. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, it was, it was kind of like, and I, I loved the chaos because I was yeah. in my 20s, and I was like, this is the most amazing thing that's ever happened. I yeah. remember this uh, this one this giant woman. She, she picked up a bar stool and was like like pulled it over her head to like hit someone with it. And as it was going back, I got there just in time to grab, grab it, it from behind out of her hands. Yeah. And so she tries to swing forward, and there's nothing in her hands. She's just looking yeah. at her hands like it's disappeared, <laughs> like she doesn't understand. And I was like, this is the best thing I've ever been a part of. Like, that was just, you know, I, I love that so much. Like, <laughs> like, you know, and just when, you know, like uh, this, this, we had like some of the, some of the Serenios just to come and, and watch. And oh, just the like, gang guys? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And they were just like, what is this? And like, they just... It was one guy thought it was real funny, like he loved it, and mm-hmm. and I let him up on stage once in a while. Yeah, uh, but they Whoa. were just like when they came and saw what we were doing, that like it was just like we didn't know white people acted like this, nah. basically. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you know, you ever need anything from us, let us know. We're you know, like you know, uh, the, 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 like the chameleon was a Sereno bar. Is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, well, it, it kind of was at that point. Uh-huh. Uh, like, like 20th Street was always neutral, oh, right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and 19th Street was mm-hmm. where Sereno territory stopped, right? Mm-hmm. So we were between 19th and 20th, but they were like they would hang Border out that town. park across the street. Oh yeah, right. it was like their territory. Soccer, Definitely, yeah. that was like kind of the last mark on there. And uh, they fought for years over 20th and 21st Street. A lot of people died up there. There was like uh, people yeah. got shot at the payphones that were all over there. Oh, the yeah. payphones all got ripped out, like because the city just ripped out the payphones. Because you know back then you would have to hook, post up by a payphone and wait. Yeah. And uh, you know, and people just got getting shot out there, like right, like 20th. Like I saw a drive by on, on 20th. Uh, on 20th street mm-hmm. you know like right outside that bakery over there and uh i mean it was brutal like people people were dying and it's like you know and uh now it's know, like we're kind of yeah. we're kind of caught right in between that mm-hmm. space and it was like a pretty gnarly neighborhood and like you know like all the you know the, you know it's like the 19th street serena were hanging out like in that park right mm-hmm, there right. and you know that's nice a nice park now but yeah. they were just like hanging out there a lot and uh just you know like whatever so it was it was kind of gnarly down there <laughs> and uh you know and, and you know they would they, they just thought it was like once why they, he'd bring some of his guys and just like look what these people are doing wow. in here <laughs> and, and it was just like kind of thing it's like a, a japanese uh these japanese guys came in there uh one day they took a lot of pictures whatever tourists take a lot of pictures we ended up in a magazine like they, they wrote about us in a magazine it was like there's this place in san francisco where people like you know, say say horrible things about themselves and their families, and, and you know they just get up there on the microphone and talk how bad their family was. And that was a whole. It was like this shock article right. of like, can oh, you imagine like these people like just getting up in front of and telling everyone how horrible yeah. you are? Yeah. Like you know, it was like this self-deprecating thing. It was pretty wow. pretty fun, but yeah, it was like that whole thing was this this Kinsky thing where it like you know it was just like these people who were maybe good at one thing yeah. but had no life skills for the rest mm-hmm. of it and I loved that I loved getting the crazy homeless guys in there mm-hmm. like some of them could really write you know but they you know literally lived on the streets and, wow. and could yeah. not keep it together and, and it was a lot of just 
tons of drug addicts, tons of... There was a lot of meth around that scene at the time, a lot of meth, mm -hmm. and it was really bad, too. Yeah. It was like... And I know a lot of people are like, what's the difference between good meth and bad meth or whatever, but it's just like a whole different nightmare. Yeah. Like, you know, where you're just like... You're just trying to stay right, and it's bad. It's fucking horrible. Like, you know, it's it's just this place of darkness, and they, you know, write these poems and yeah. come out. And by the time, the like, the slam scene was in there in the late 90s, it was all kind of, like, nice, neat, and posh, and there was a lot of right. weed smoking, but, like, you know, like, the edge, pe the people had yeah. families and friends. They were, like, mm -hmm. MFAs and stuff, mm -hmm. and I was just like, ah. People don't know. realize what San Francisco was like in the late 80s, early yeah, 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mission it was, especially. It was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was just, like, a place where, like, you know, people would end up, mm -hmm. and you didn't need a car, and it was real cheap. And, and like, in the mission, it was like, the three-bedroom flat would go for about eight or 900 bucks. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you could live there on, like, your GA check or your SSI or whatever mm -hmm. and get by. Everything yeah. was all right. Yeah. You know, you could live in your own apartment be, back then. Maybe, like, like Max and Crumb and just, yeah. you know, chilling right. or whatever. Yeah. I, I yeah. looked at an apartment on 15th and Mission in 1997. It was a five-bedroom, four-bedroom Victorian. It was... Five seventy-five a month Jeez. for the entire place. Yeah, and yeah. we were like, no fucking way. We went to walk yeah. through it, and I was like, I I want to leave now. Like, yeah. It was like you know, fifteenth yeah. admission yeah. in ninety-seven. So it was yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was just you know, I don't know, man. Like that that whole thing. Like, oh God, well, can I, I ask even... you a question? Yeah, yeah. Or both of you. Um, does Kinski seem like his his mania is completely just? Is there a, like a drug aspect to it or a mental health aspect to it? What he, what is going on with him? It's I mean, hard to no, tell. it's 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 definitely like a, like a mental problem that he had, you know. Mm -hmm. I and mean, it's just there's <sighs> looks like he tried to commit suicide around the time he was living with Herzog when he was a kid. And yeah, you know, and I can, I can, I don't know well enough to diagnose him, but I've just seen that a lot in other people and mm -hmm. just seen the mania, you know, mm -hmm. it's just like where egomania, like, I think he's, you know, you get, well, you just get, you know, uh, when you get angry, there's no, like, there's just one in 10, there's no mid range emotions. Right. Yeah. So he gets angry and it's just at 10. It's mm -hmm. not, he's not a little angry at anything. He can't like, mm -hmm. he's only maximum angry. And it's like, and there's no yeah. stopping it. Yeah. There's like that rage. It's like that incessant rage. It just, it won't stop until you think, and it's, like it's 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 really rough and i've seen a lot of people self-medicate off that over the years and, mm -hmm. and just you know it's like you're taking drugs just to kind of keep your emotions in check and i did a little bit of that you know like well i mean that's what i was primarily doing but i didn't have it that bad as those people and i just saw mm -hmm. it just like yeah this guy cannot fit in society and he can't there's this thing and it's just like he's fine until something upsets the way things should be mm -hmm. and, it, mm -hmm. and and it's like it's it's when you get in a state like that it's almost like you're you're outside yourself watching it happen yeah and you and you want someone to stop it you really want someone to stop it and no one will mm -hmm. like you know you just, so you just stand there on the street corner you see the people just like yelling at traffic and it's like yeah. they want someone to stop it and no yeah. one's going to yeah and you know I, I i know what's going on in their brain i'm not going to stop it either yeah like i'm not i'm not doing it like you know, you're not like, a social yeah. worker or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like, like you know, and it's it's a painful place to be, and I think that's where he lived a lot. Where it's just mm -hmm. like he didn't like his just just things like would affect him. And he had like so so little control over his own emotional states. Yeah. I think that's where it was. I'm not mm -hmm. sure. 
Um, I I do know. I mean, he had a lot of talent, and he and he was able to memorize large ch- chunks of things, and he's able to show up places on time. Yeah. But he has expectations that are unrealistic of those places. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. And mm-hmm. it's like you know, even in this film, he's talking about like when he, oh, yeah. he shows up, he's got all this like gear with him and stuff, and it's yeah. like Tons. that's not how it works. Yeah. yeah. But it's like he's just seems to think it's going to be a certain way, and that's what makes him so upset when it's yeah. not. You know, and and it's and it's. It's just not this. Uh, it's this thing about confusion. I, I I have a little bit of that too. Like sometimes I don't understand like what what people are saying to me, and it makes me upset. And, and I I have learned tools to deal with that now. Yeah. But my old tool is like you don't understand what this guy's saying. Just tell him to fuck off. Mm, right. Mm-hmm. Or you get know? upset. Yeah. Or anxious and yeah. yeah. Like where it's just like. You know, where, like, uh, I I have, you know, I have a lot of trouble with, like, you know, places I haven't been and menus I haven't seen, things like that. Like, little things, the little things. Oh, like, yeah. Then you know, moving to a new city must yeah, be crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a little difficult. And it's like, you know, it's why, like, I'll still go to, like, a Starbucks because it's like, it I know what they have safe. there. Yeah. I know what the menu's like, right? Yeah. And it's like, you know, maybe if I go in your little, like, indie coffee shop, and, and I asked for an espresso over ice, and you say you won't put an espresso over ice because that hurts the espresso. I'm going to get angry, like, and I, <laughs> yeah. I have to deal with that. And, and you know, and, and instead yeah. of, like, being rational, like, I've learned to be rational and be like, okay, I'll have something else. Mm-hmm. Or I'll go somewhere else. You can leave and go somewhere else. That's what I yeah. would normally do yeah. now. But my, my impulse is to be like, you know what? Fuck you. Fuck right, right, right. Like right. let's 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 yeah. fight over this. I don't understand and, this. And I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, mm-hmm. and it's like that anger. And it's like I have it like maybe a tenth of what Kinski did. Right. Mm-hmm. And where it's just like he's just like let's burn it all down. <laughs> yeah. Let's burn this whole coffee shop down because you don't make my coffee the way right, you want. Right. Right. And, and and it's like so I <laughs> that's where I kind of feel like a little bit of like okay I know where he's living, but you know uh, I I think that like. You know, I, I've seen his other films, mm-hmm. the non-Herzog films. Right, like he's in Dr. Zhivago. I didn't remember yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, there's these great ones called A Bullet for Your General and A Big Silence or The Grand Silence, depending on the translation. Oh, his see. Spaghetti Western face? Yeah. He's talking about that a little bit, yeah. Oh, they're good. <laughs> yeah, he's got a great They're face. really good. And But you can see him in these films just get away from the director. Yeah. And just, like, they're just kind of leaving a camera on while he's like flailing around mm-hmm. Herzog's the only one who can kind of contain it yeah uh, mm-hmm. and and but it's also kind of what they're paying him for there's a really bad movie he's in called Venom uh where where um it's basically okay here, here's what Venom's about uh this kid orders like a, a garden snake or something from a pet store like at this like kind of harmless snake and they send him this like a South African mamba snake <laughs> yeah. or something. This like really deadly. Whoops, we made yeah, any, yeah. one of the most venomous snakes yeah. in the world. And it gets out right about the time that Kinski and his crew are robbing the house. So oh, they wow. rob the house, but then there's a poisonous snake in the house awesome. that's going around taking them all out one by one. It's a horrible film. It looks like the snake looks like a broomstick painted like a snake. Yeah. And they're just hitting people with it. And and it's it's really bad. But you see this Kinski have these moments where it's just like, oh, he's doing whatever he wants. Right. He's not even, are these even lines of the film? Yeah. I think he's just ranting at the camera. <laughs> I think he's having a meltdown right now and he's just yelling and they're keeping it in there. I think they're overdubbing his dialogue onto this rant and and it's kind of like, oh yeah, he just could 
you know, whatever. Yeah. Like that's how you see him in a lot of other things. And I think Herzog was somehow able to take him out of that state. And I think that's why he liked working with him. It's like, Oh, he'll keep me from going that far. Yeah. I'll still have my chamber, but he'll stop it. That is my point. Well, and it's but. like <laughs> it's like a study in dominance, submission, and chaos. And like, mm -hmm. like chaos kind of lives in between those two things. Like like when you're trying to obtain dominance over someone, you want them to submit and like you just create a bunch of chaos in order to get to yeah. that submission. Yeah, it's like yeah. the master, but uh, or something yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. 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 And then like you see Kinski obviously well, they keep talking about intuition this entire documentary like mm. Kinski's intuition like what yeah. he knew how to use it like he would just feel but then they also show at one maybe one of my favorite scenes in this doc is the technique of the oh, the turn, the, the turn yeah. thing yeah the turn yeah. into the camera you know and yeah. they show it and it's like oh wow that is that like yeah that's a famous yeah. move that right. I didn't realize that he was right, a move invented. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah yeah so like he had that about him as well was his technique mm -hmm. you yeah. know mm -hmm. but yeah. like yeah, that's that's awesome, man. Yeah, you know, I, I think there's a lot of people like I'm trying to like with my art and all the creativity, I, I'm trying to find my place in the world. I'm trying to understand w where I live and, and like, how am I supposed to relate to other people? How am I supposed to get along with these people now? How do I how do I atone for what I've done? You know what I mean? That kind of thing. And, you know, I I, I see a lot of that in Kensky. He's like trying to find his place in the world, but it's like like his value as an actor gives him worth and, and like this this film is like a fake reality that he can live in right mm -hmm. and like I, I my last therapist in Oakland he with my permission he's like because I, I told him I was more comfortable on stage than I was in, in real life in, in, in most one of life. on one yeah, or, yeah. Or just therapy? in any kind of okay. thing it's like I hate being in a crowd unless I get to speak to them. Unless you give me a microphone, then I'm fine. Otherwise, I hate being in it. And, uh, you know, I'll stand next to the door. You'll see me in a lot of places. I'll stand right next to the door. Mm -hmm. Like, it's almost this panic thing in case things get I out. forgot I can get out first. Yeah. The um, literal doorman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, totally. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> you know, he's like, can I come see you? And I was like, whoa. You know, and, and I was like, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> so... And, you know, I joke about my act that it was, like, to make sure I was actually doing comedy shows and not just, like, for, like, Having cardboard it. cutouts yeah. in my basement. Like, yeah. like, you like know, Rupert like, Pupkin? Yeah, yeah. Rupert Pupkin, yeah. And uh, he came and he, and, he, and, he, and he explained it. And I wish I had just recorded what he said uh, to, to me in our next session. He's like, he's like uh, you know, comedy for you is a, is a conversation in which you have all the control. Mm -hmm. And it's like that's why you don't like, you don't understand what other people are saying to you. Like, you don't understand, like, when it's your turn to talk, how loud or how quietly you're talking. You know, you don't understand if, like, you know, th they're interested in what you're saying or if you're allowed to change the subject. These are all things that make you uncomfortable, and you have control over all of them in stand-up. Interesting. And I was like, oh, and just, like, I still get, like, the little, like, goosey <laughs> yeah. bumps thing of it. He just explained to me, just like, it's like, here's all the things you, you don't like about being in public and talking to other people. And, and here's what you love about public speaking because it's the opposite because now you have control over all this stuff and you're just like it's this you 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 love the contact with people you really do love the contact with people but control. now you, yeah now you have control of the control contact. and I think issue. that's kind of where yeah. Kinski was with this thing it's like I don't understand where I exist in the world 
but I exa know exactly where to stand in front mm -hmm. of the camera. I know exactly where. This would be the best way for people to see things. This is how I see the world. Everything should be seen like this. Yeah. No one else sees it like, but now I can recreate how I see the world through this camera and, and how I stand in front of it and how I mm -hmm. act and all that stuff. And I think that's where he was trying to go all the time. Yeah. And, it, you know, that to me is like what's led a lot of my creativity. It's like, here's how I saw a thing. I wrote that novel, Black Hole, which is like a lot about the, it's a science fiction novel set entirely in the mission in the tenderloin. And it's like, this is how I saw shit. This is how I saw saw everything and people were like where do you get the ideas from? i was like this is how i saw mm. everything mm -hmm. that i saw like this is my interpretation of everything i lived through it's not what happened there's a difference this is my interpretation of it this is like how it appeared to me that you know that i was time traveling back and forth like a week or two at a time constantly that's how it felt to me mm. that's not what happened that's how it felt. Mm -hmm. And so you, that's, what, that's, like, that, that's how you get to interpret things. I, I think that's what Kinski was doing in, in his acting. It's just like I am interpreting like how I see the world like through this. Not how the world is, but I, I, I just want to show you how I see it because this is constantly mm -hmm. like how, what, what I'm yeah. feeling. You know? It seems like, like watching him is just like he seems like a rich tapestry of defense mechanisms. You know, like Klaus Kinski. It's just like mm -hmm. he's just like I just need – to have yeah. control of this situation because I'm I don't I, I wonder if there's yeah. some PTSD involved. Oh, yeah, the war. Yeah, yeah, and, you, know, you know, like yeah, I, I think it's just a, a more like like I mean, he grew up in a in a you know in a German home like that was like not. I mean, all we know is I can't trust anything from his memoir, but he grew up in a, a horrible time in Germany, and then he yeah. gets drafted into the German army, and yeah, it's just a lot of things outside of his control that like. You know, the first time he gets any control over his life whatsoever is when he enters the theater. As far as I see it, that's what happens. Uh, and, and he's, you know, and if you look at his list of things, you see the list of movies and you're like, holy cats, like how many movies this guy was guy in? He was constantly Workaholic, working. Yeah. And then, you know, he's also doing his theater and his one man tours. And it's like, that's like, it's because it's the only thing right, that yeah. gives you relief from your from your life yeah. i mean I'm, I'm looking at wikipedia right now and that sort of speaks to something you were saying because there's like also this accusation of, from his daughter i mean his most famous daughter natasha kinski yeah oh, i didn't know his daughter that. Yeah, 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 yeah. A cat people yeah. and oh, all, cat all that stuff people is awesome yeah she but so there, uh, one of his daughters accused him of molesting her and so then like if there is some kind of yeah. trauma that could go all the way back there. That could be a manifestation yeah, of that. It's sort of like it's 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 Wikipedia, you know. Yeah, so what in, can you say about? Yeah, in his memoir, he he, he talks about how uh, sexually attracted Natasha was to him. And very Trump-like, very Trumpian. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's yeah. what I when yeah. I was making and just like, <laughs> yes, like that's where that's, I was trying to go. That's with the why Natasha thing. was like, "You're a horrible man." Like yeah, you, she she didn't go to the funeral. Only his son went to the funeral. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, she's like, "That is, is not the case." Um, yeah. and, and that's that's what she was too for. It's like you don't say that kind of thing about me. But it's uh, like you can't. It's also not like a suable thing. You can't right, yeah. like it's it, a feel it, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like you can't. Like, so she ended up dropping the case. But it, he said horrible things about her. Like mm -hmm. not, I'm not like sugarcoating that dude at all. Like I mean, he's mm -hmm. he, like you know that 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 book crosses the line yeah. a lot of times. It's kind of hilarious most of the time. But yeah, it yeah. gets real yeah. dark and weird. 
And, you know, like, that's, yeah. Well, this isn't a straight biography of Kinski. It's really about the the professional relationship or the yeah. not-so-professional yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, relationship. Yeah. But, yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah, it is. It is. So it doesn't <laughs> touch on any of these controversies. Buttons? It was like this circle of them pushing well, each other's I, buttons. It's really, yeah, you say the thing about like control. A, like a, it's like my favorite parts of the, the film is when, is when Herzog, is talking about because uh, on the set of Fitzcarraldo, uh, the, uh, the 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 people playing the natives. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, this part, or, or, yeah, or yeah, the yeah. actual the, uh, like the, the Indian, yeah, kind of featured extras, I guess. Yeah yeah, 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 totally. They were like, you know, we can kill Kinsley for you yeah. and put him in a bury him in the jungle where no one will ever yeah. find him. Yeah, and he, and and that his is response the... like, I might need him for another film, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and you know, but it's this thing like too where like oh yeah, there's there's a thing where he's like like Kinski's having a tantrum, and so Herzog's answer is to go find this chocolate bar he's hidden for months, <laughs> and he goes out there and just slowly eats it in front of Kinski while Kinski's like freaking out. Yeah. And it, and it stops Kinsey and his tracks. Oh, yeah. He doesn't know what to do. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, they did push each other's buttons. They right. did know. And it's just like, and, and, yeah. the, uh, and the natives did say, it's just like the whole time that he was having these tantrums, we weren't scared of him. We were scared of you because you didn't react. That's right. what I was saying. And, and, like, yeah. 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 And it's like this this thing of like, yeah, of like he kind of. And so when Kinski's like having this tangent, but also like Herzog's also kind of showing off in front of everyone else. Right. Right. Where it's just like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, you guys are freedom. But I. You know, I love this. This is chaos. Yeah, it's, it's normal for me. Yeah. yeah, you know, you don't understand. Too chaotic you know, like, like, <laughs> yeah, like, like you know, it's shocking for some, but to me, it's normal. Well, I once saw him destroy a bathroom so thoroughly right. he could sift it with a tennis racket. It's like, how many times do you think Herzog has told the tennis racket story? Yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. that's something he's like. I took, close a, probably sick I took of. a film history course in, in college, and it was the first time we watched uh, Aguirre, and it was phenomenal. My oh, yeah. professor was a huge Werner Herzog fan, and um, uh, yeah, we so we, we like broke that shit down. Um, and it, so the first story he told though was oh the the the, the panning shot yeah. is that that shot where like ver- yeah. like. It's like you're not you're not gonna see you in it. He's like, well, I'm not gonna be in it. Yeah, that one? but well, he but the the moment he talked about was when Herzog pointed the gun. Oh. at Kinski, right? Because oh, yeah, yeah. Kinski right, right, right. was like, "I'm gone, I'll to saying and and then, you know, famously Herzog points a gun at him, right? And he was like, "I'll just shoot you, right? If you don't come back." Or what yeah. he threatens is yeah. like, "There will be eight bullets in your head, mine will be the ninth. Yeah, like yeah. I'm gonna shoot you when you're dead, motherfucker. Yeah, like, basically. yeah. <laughs> um, there is a. Uh, uh, there are commentary tracks on Aguirre, that, oh. and it's brilliant. Uh, Shop Factory, Wait. like I'm not paid by Shop Factory, but they they have released a set of of uh, the the Herzog collection, and uh, they're With amazing. The they're oh. beautiful prints, really beautiful things, mm-hmm. and the commentary tracks are amazing. Mm-hmm. And there's one thing right at the end of Aguirre when it's just like like Aguirre in the raft of monkeys. Yeah, the monkeys, and, and, you know. Herzog, like Kinski picks one up and, and stares at it and then throws it into the uh, river. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're worried about the monkey, but it's just like there's this long pause. There's this long pause, and then Herzog breaks in and goes, No one could throw a monkey like Kinski. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's like, this is the thing. This is also the great thing about this, about My Best Fiend, is because it sets up this relationship. And then you can go back and you can watch Aguirre with the commentary Knowing track it, on. Yeah. And he's just like, just talking like scene by scene 
what Kansky's doing, what they what happened before. So it's just like this is just like this documentary is like the gateway into a really deep Herzog hole. Yeah, you can go down to like not only do you watch the films, watch them with the commentary tracks yeah. on. Mm-hmm. And I actually recommend the commentary tracks for the early films, like yeah. like even Door started small and in like Hearts of Glass and stuff I, like that. It's actually yeah. like really helpful to help you understand what's going on. I watched on. this on DVD. There was not any audio commentary track for this, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shout Factory, like I got, I got their Blu-ray set. It's worth the money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and they, I just mentioned them by name because they are doing, they do their DVD collections right. Mm-hmm. When when they put something out, it's amazing. It's everything you want on there. I mean, I was also, I also another thing I have from there. I have the decline set from there. I have they the, decline the decline set box right set. up there. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's got so decline. much great stuff on yeah. there. Yeah, the like, so, so many yeah. great extras. Like you see the, the decline one extras where it's just like Penelope, like spheres, like like talking about all these panel discussions, yeah. all these great things, all these outtake, all the footage. It's it's brilliant, and it's mm-hmm. like okay, there's still like. Are they Rhino? Is that Rhino part of is Shout Factory a subsidiary? I I don't know. Okay, yeah. I don't know about that, but yeah. uh, I do know it's just like they are still putting films together for people who love films, mm-hmm. and in this kind of streaming episode culture that we're in, like it's we're kind of losing a lot of that. He was a magnificent actor, and he has he had this capacity of transformation that I love. He was very difficult. I remember when I was supposed to do the film with you, all the people, actors and actresses, they said to me, my God, you're going to work with Klaus. He's impossible to work with. He's totally crazy. Yeah. And, and, and you know, it's like I'm always, I, I hope it comes back as a cycle where people start to love films again. But, you know, it's like, you know, people will not watch them, but they'll watch like six hours yeah, of people, a TV show in, in like a day, but they will not watch a film. And it's like they don't care about the quality or the sound yeah. quality. And it's like I got these things on Blu-ray. They're brilliant. And if you yeah. see a gear eight like on a big screen, it's yeah. it's it's beautiful. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's amazing. And you've never seen anything quite the like it. The pacing in itself. Yeah, 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 yeah. But even that, like people won't sit still for it no. now. And it's mm-hmm. just like too slow and plotting and whatever. And uh, yeah, it's just like you know. So anyone out there, like I would recommend looking on Shop Factory's website. Mm-hmm. They stream a lot of their stuff, oh. and they will stream. Sometimes they will stream things with a commentary track. Oh, okay. You might be able to find it that way. Oh, awesome! Uh, they they have a ni- nice option where you can either watch a commercial free for a dollar, mm-hmm. or you can just like watch it for free. And there's yeah. gonna be a commercial break here once in a while. But they they have a lot of stuff that they. Uh, I have their on my on my Roku box. I have the Shout Channel. They have a channel. Oh, there whoa! Where you can just watch stuff on your thing, and so you can watch these little biker films and stuff. That they have. Like, That's awesome. Like Shoutback doesn't have a whole yeah. lot of streaming, but, no. but what they but it's highly curated. It's like stuff that they sell on Blu-ray. Okay, so that, you can like yeah. be like, okay, this is kind of cool. I want to go deeper, and like you can you well, can buy stuff. It's it's it's, it's, it's a really great. I love their business model. I love what they're doing. That's cool. And, and they they are catering to movie nerds and yeah. not just like people who like to you know binge watch a show and complain about yeah. it you know well they, they okay and i'm checking and i just see that there is a way to stream my best fiend on shout factory's website because yes. i was, i had to dig up a dvd copy of this this is not streaming any other any other yeah, yeah 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 totally. so that we can send people we can put this link in yeah you in know, the episode and what's cr- yeah, i yeah, just I realized was, too is that kidinski lived in san francisco or north of san oh, yeah. francisco yeah, yeah, yeah. Died he, 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 like so, dies in lagunitas or something yeah. so there was a chance maybe you crossed paths and didn't know <laughs> You know, oh, yeah. when you were living there. And yeah, Herzog 90. lives here. 
Oh, yeah, in yeah, Los yeah, Angeles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you remember when Kurtzog got shot during an interview and yeah, just kept yeah. talking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, oh, it's not the much. pellet yeah, gun yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, it's a wound. Never mind. Let's continue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's being prolific right now. Did oh, you, yeah. Because lo and behold, and then that Volcanoes one. Yeah, and yeah, the... yeah, totally. Like, hey, you Forgotten Dreams and like all these things. Yeah. And he, he, he cranks out a bunch. And, and I just think it's because like he's he's kind of built his brand right now. He's, yeah, like, in the, yeah. he's in the thing, like I said, where it's like almost like, he also he could just like, do voiceover work and I just yeah. It's yeah. also like you know, basically, if you have the money and you can do things quickly, he'll work with you. Like right. and he's he's got a, like. I mean, lo and behold, is like it's pretty produced by like a, a, a yeah. Technology where they're company. just like yeah. probably yeah. approach him like, hey, can it's you do this for us? And like, yeah, it's yeah. like, can you yeah. be a spokesperson for this yeah. documentary? And I'm like, sure. Like here, here, you know, and it's just like that's where he's at now. And uh, you know, yeah, there's these various phases of his career, yeah. you know, and it's like, you kind of pick your favorite one and live in it. You know, yeah. it's yeah. like, it's like, you know, like Star Trek or something. And it's like, some people like the next generation better. Right. Like some people like the original series and you know, it's yeah. like, what do you like? Cause it's this whole world. Yeah. It's like, you know, I, like I, I've, I've read some of the books, you know, I've read all his interviews. Uh-huh. Like, you know, I, I've, uh, you know, yeah, the, uh, the, the Fitzcarraldo journals are amazing. Like you know, where he's just like he's just those tiny that tiny writing he did and the tiny booklet. Remember, oh, there's yeah. a part where like oh, yeah. it hurts like writing like mini- mini- microscopically. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know him. I never met him. I never worked with him. <laughs> nice nice to meet you. Yeah. How are you? Have you met before? No, they just met. Only on the battlefield. <laughs> <laughs> on the battlefield of life itself. It's crazy. It's crazy. That's why we work together. Otherwise, you would never do anything together. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's like this whole, uh, yeah, this whole uh, book. It's just like the journals he kept while making Fitzcarraldo. And, it, and it's fantastic. And he just talks these things. And just like you get to see all these sides of things. Like, you know, like, uh, you know, Kinski shows up with a 600-page script uh, you know, about Paganini. Right, and just right. going on and on about that, like you know, it's like how you know, like just all these kind of things like that, where you're just like, oh, it's just each more is a little tidbit. Mm-hmm, yeah, and you kind of put the documentary together with the book, yeah, and this interview, and then you start to get this whole picture of what's happening. It almost like reminds me. I mean, did you see that Kubrick exhibit when it came through? Uh, there was one. It was a lack. No, and was I, like didn't, I didn't see that museum. one. Like because there's like notes of all like like the movies that he didn't make. There's he's got oh, like all yeah. the the actual like. Uh, marginalia in like mm-hmm. his copy of The Shining mm-hmm. of yeah. like things to change. Oh, things those like, are great exhibits. Like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, th- just circling back to this idea of how this movie exists and um, this idea that like these guys were like basically kind of like super frenemies. I don't know of a better way to think about it. Yeah, yeah. But like the idea then like one of them gets to kind of have the last yeah the last the last word yeah by yeah. making the documentary about right. the other guy. Yeah, 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 like yeah. It's, like it kind of. Like that also seems like I'm like was do you think kids could be like oh what, what, yeah. this asshole gets to have the final say, oh, but yeah. then but then they really were better friends than well, I, yeah it was like right. both it was like everything it was well, like and the, the, the well, end he shows him being super playful oh yeah like know, it's that, really yeah. like a nice uh, well I think nice like overall like, like in the moment yeah kids would have his tantrums but like kind of like I was saying is just that like like because Herzog could kind of contain his tantrums and that's what made him love Herzog mm-hmm. right because it's like this only guy who can keep this to a certain level I'll be okay I can express this I can have the tantrum because you know Herzog will keep me from literally killing right. people which is just like maybe he's like a, Her- Kinski's like afraid of himself and his emotions most of the time because he, he calls him a coward doesn't he doesn't like Herzog oh, yeah. call him a coward <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah he's like yeah. he's like the only thing as good as that like see sometimes he's too afraid to actually do yeah, yeah 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 totally and it's just like he's 
He's kind of afraid of, I think, of his emotions and where they, where they take him. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he knows like that Kinski can kind of like that Herzog can, can control him and, and cage him in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what he's been looking for, you yeah, know, and yeah. that's, that's, you know, like, like, like this is like, you know, it's just everybody else on there. I don't care who it knows, but I'm, you know, I'm a recovering drug addict myself. And, and that's like, you know, I've seen that quite a bit where it's just like, you know, like people want to turn their minds off, you know, like mm-hmm, it's yeah. like, like the self-medicating thing is, is like a, it's like a horrible thing. They, they, they don't like, they take the drugs to stop thinking about things like, you know, and it's, like, I've seen that so many times of like, we're trying to hide from this thing, you mm-hmm. know, it's like, yeah, very few people go to the extremes to ruin their lives the way drug addicts do <laughs> yeah. without something they're trying to forget. And without mm-hmm. something they're trying to contain, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and just like, you know, and, and you know, I did like, you know, I, I had a lot of emotional issues after I quit, using like that i bet you know it was it was really horrible and and uh you know i had like a like a teenager's capacity to deal with adult problems Mm, right because that's where your last emotional development was yeah and you know that's where i started getting a lot of therapy and stuff and just a lot of 12-step stuff just because like i didn't know how to deal with stuff how do you you know how do you deal with things like what do you like i can't live this way you know yeah it was like the last couple years I, I was out drinking. I was getting to a lot of fights and stuff like, like out on the street, you know, just mm-hmm. like, a, like out in the, you know, like 17th and cap uh, stuff like that. Yeah. And it's not good. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, yeah. I know how this ends. I've seen it, yeah. you know, like this, this is not good. And I've it's seen like, 17th and cap. And, yeah. And, yeah. And it's like, you know, and then like, I, you know, I get sober and it's just like, I still have that anger. Like now I'm not, but where, where do I put the anger? Yeah. Like, and Damn it's like, kettlebell. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Well, I, I mean, it's one of the things I started, like, getting yeah. into, you know, a lot of the athleticism and stuff. I started, like, kind of balancing that, that need. But, you know, it's, it's you know, you, you, like, it's, that's the real tricky part of quitting. It's just, like, I don't know where to put this now. Yeah. Like, I mm-hmm. want to put my anger somewhere, and I can't. And, and you know, I want to put this, like, fear somewhere, and I can't. Like, you know, like people mm-hmm. like, you know, I would put depression somewhere, but I can't. Mm-hmm. And that, that's why people have a hard time quitting. Yeah. You know, it's like if, if it wasn't that detox would work for everyone. Mm-hmm. Right. All you need to do is detox someone after a couple of days. The, 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 the physical cravings are gone. Mm-hmm. Like now, the mental. Like, yeah, the mm-hmm. emotional side is just like, yeah. I'm sad. What do I do? I'm mm-hmm. sad. Like, I'm like, I want to kill myself sad. What do I do? Yeah. Can I just push this button and make it all go away? And I, I think that's like, you know. Well, a lot of this was in a lot of the, like, kind of Kensky moments. The acting was, out, you yeah. know, just like, I, I got it, like, I I need to, like, exhibit this, but I, I you know. I, Someone's got to be. I hope someone yeah. can stop it. Yeah. yeah. Before the end, you know. Yeah. Like, you know, and I think that's why you just see him, like, embracing her talking about things. It's just like, you allow me to, like, go where I need to go, but you won't let me die. You know, like yeah, it's literally, just that kind of yeah. thing. Just like I also feel like sometimes bullies, like he seemed like a, and bullies like to be told, like, stop, you're not gonna, you're not gonna bully me. I'm not, I'm not afraid of you. Or yeah. like the biggest bully has is that way because of insecurity. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, all defense mechanisms, yeah. Yeah. and it's like I've met known so many bullies yeah. in my life, and I'm always like, I don't care. Yeah, I don't, yeah. not afraid of you. Yeah. And then they're like, you're my best friend now, right? Like, and the, someone who's as deadpan as Herzog needs to be, like, like someone who won't react. It's yeah. like Oh my God! This guy won't well, like react. The, the chocolate bar story. Yeah, like he's like, oh, yeah. I'll be right back. Yeah, you know, don't fuck like, with the Germans' chocolate. No, 
No, if anything. You know, there's, there's a lot of people who would be like, hey, you know, why don't you go spit off the edge of this cliff? You know, and it's like, oh, well, that, it might fall off. And then, but if you know, it's like, I'm going to tether you to this pole. Now go do it. And they'd go do it then. Yeah. And, you know, like still, like I'd probably be too scared in that situation. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. like the heights that much. But, <laughs> but like, I think that's kind of what it's like, you know, Herzog was kind of like his tether. And like, it's mm-hmm. like, I want you to go to this edge of, of madness and insanity. And I want you to go to this thing and I'll be here. Mm-hmm. I'll be here to keep you from going over the other side. You know, I think that's always like a, a thing. It's just like, there, there's a kind of horrible part of depression uh, 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 and, and of anger uh, where you think I'm always going to be this way. Like I've just broken the thing. Uh, insomniacs talk about it a lot where there's like, I'm afraid I'm never going to sleep again. It's this real fear of, of like, I'm afraid I'm never, I'm always going to be this depressed. I'd just rather kill myself. Right. You know, or just like, you know, I'm always going to be this angry. I don't know what to do. And I think, you know, you know, that Herzog kind of helped that fear of his. Like, I, I want to go to this place to act in this role. But if I do it, I might break the thing. I might be that way forever. And I think I always knew at Herzog that he would always pull him back, you know. And mm-hmm. it's like, so I can be, like, at 10. Like, that's, you know, a gambling addict. A gambling addict is not, they don't get a rush from winning unless they're really risking something. Okay. Like if they're yeah, just like I hear that. a gambling addict can't risk a dollar. They they don't care. It almost makes them mad right. to do that. They have to bet the rent money. They have to do that because that's the only mm-hmm. thing that gets them off. And right. I think that's where yeah. Kinski was living artistically of like, I have to risk my own mental health to do this role. Because mm-hmm. otherwise I'm just not going to, it's not good. It's not, it's not enjoyable. It's not, it's not good. Yeah. I'm not going to get off on it, but it's like, I'm, but what if the risk fails, yeah. you know, and, you know, who's going to save me, you know? Wow. Like, well, that's a good, I think that's a great wrap up for this documentary. Okay. Yeah, I, think, I know. I can. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, like, as you said, I could easily talk about this shit for, for, for days. And it's awesome. Days, we're dude. tethering you. We're pulling you back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. Kind well, of thank you me. so much, dude. Thanks, this was Bucky. awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is totally. a great film. Yeah, yeah. Definitely watch it. Get into that rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, uh, start here. Start on Grizzly Man. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, just start somewhere and, and like, and I like, go find it. Like, yeah. you know, shout out to Shout Factory for, yeah. like, you know, get, making Indeed. this available to, yeah. to a lot of people. And, uh, you know, support them. I, yeah. I think, you know, I'm not paid by them in any way. Yeah. I'm just a strong supporter because they make a great product. Right. In the and way that I want will to be get paid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah that- totally. Totally. Like, contact them. See, they're going to yeah. promote this thing. It's like a long commercial for that. Yeah. For that Herzog collection. Yeah. yeah. Worth and if, all the money. I want you to be in a Werner Herzog movie now. I, think, I, I would love how that. How awesome would that be? That would be good yeah. if and this is then the reason for yeah. that to happen. Yeah, Werner's awesome. listening. Let's hope. If you yeah, need a it, kettlebell. Yeah, yeah. He, could, he, could, he could, you know, if he could direct my stand-up tragedy special. <laughs> yeah, and you awesome. can see Bucky every Monday at Little Joy yeah. in Echo Park if you're down here at in the Los business Angeles. for yeah. free. All right. Thank you, Bucky. Thanks oh, a lot, yeah, Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes of SupDoc, show notes, updates, and more at SupDocPodcast.com. We are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at SupDocPodcast. If you have comments, corrections, or want to suggest a documentary, email us at SupDocPodcast at gmail.com. 
Subdoc is listener supported. You can donate to the show at patreon.com slash Podcast. If you can't donate financially, please subscribe, comment, or tell a friend about Subdoc. And we'd like to thank Documentary News for their ongoing support. This episode is produced by Kip Yolhorn. Our theme music is by David Siegel. 